Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg and real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mmm. Mmm. Grilled onions and a butter bagel, too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mmm. I participate in McDonald's. Two. 99% of the way through, we have uh, really like a third of a game left mm-hmm. to play. Uh, but the game that just ended is where we're going to start. We're also going to go over um, a few things from this week and then hop right into week three. We guess the lines. We're going to see how close we get. Um, and we'll take a look at the, the early um, week three lines. But let's start with Sunday Night Football. So the Falcons, they finally get over the hump. They've played the Eagles a couple of times. In Philadelphia, have not been able to right on the doorstep. Yep, get to the goal line, needing to convert to win. Julio Jones unable to come down with a couple of catches, but this time they get it done. It was different. The biggest key was what? Uh, you know, for me, I mean, it was it was basically they just made that extra play. Right, the team against them did the thing that they normally do, which is come up short. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. Uh, both teams. So. Like the the Eagles were very like uncharacteristically turnover prone early. We saw the the two interceptions by Desmond Trufant. We saw pressure all over Carson Wentz all day. We saw injuries uh, on the Eagles. Those are always things that happen to the Falcons, right? right? Like uh, cluster injuries all around the field. You know, not making a play, having the other team convert fourth downs against you. We saw that with the we, we saw that with the Falcons against the Eagles. Uh, the big play by Julio Jones at the end, and, and even then, and even all those things put together for uh, the Falcons, we still needed to see uh, you know uh, a play come up short for the Eagles after a, a tremendous catch by Aguilar, following a, a horrific drop by him. So, very much uh, an uncharacteristic night for the Falcons, and good for them. They got the W. To me, this was Dan Quinn finally getting over the hump. He has been. Not the most savvy when it comes to fourth down decisions, but he made a great fourth down decision here when it was not clear to the whole world that he should have gone for mm-hmm. it. Fourth and three at about midfield. That is a no-brainer situation yep. in that case. Gives you a much better chance of winning if you go for it than if you decide to punt it away. Even though if you punt it away, you could have gotten the ball back. But that was a tremendous move by Dan Quinn. Obviously paid off with a touchdown, but even if you just convert there puts you in a much better state about 50 percent uh to win if you convert that and if you punt it away you're you know about one-fifth so a huge move by dan quinn and i thought it was interesting usually we see matt ryan play well and they lose matt ryan played pretty poorly but was picked up by his playmakers julio jones and calvin ridley who i think eight uh catches on 10 targets 
close to a 150 passer rating uh, when targeted abused Ronald Darby a couple of times. It was nice to see Matt Ryan finally get picked up by his playmakers. Yeah, and you look at the other side of the ball too. Like you know, the fact is, is the Falcons' defense like did a lot of the things that the Eagles' defense like sure. to do. Like Tack McKinley, you know, you're talking about him. He had like 10 total pressures. Uh, you know, basically, you know, was the best defensive lineman on the field on a field that includes Fletcher Cox, right? So very impressive there. Uh, you know, I thought that, you know, the, the Falcons did a pretty good job tackling, right? They only missed, you know, five tackles the entire night. So, you know, in a, after a season in which Atlanta fell short because of not what, yeah, what you said, which is Matt Ryan playing well and everybody else letting him down tonight, it was very much the, the you know, the, the Falcons defense doing mostly what they needed to here picking up Matt Ryan and then and then you know as as we saw on Sunday night football the the broadcast it was a great check for Matt Ryan into that screen we saw uh Jake Matthews who had been poor all night you know make a really good block and then and then Julio Jones did what Julio Jones uh, is wont to do Deion Jones was back played this whole game was terrific i believe only allowed one reception um, and that was to Aguilar early on in the game. So a, a real like total team slash coaching effort by the Falcons finally gets it done. Doug Peterson was still excellent yeah. uh, in defeat. Carson Wentz. Are you worried about Carson Wentz? I'm not actually. And, and you know, it, it's so interesting how close these games are, right? Because if Carson Wentz gets that two point conversion right early in the game, uh, that the last drive by the Eagles is somewhere between a one and three point deficit because obviously mm-hmm. the Atlanta would have gone for two there. And, and it just shows that like Peter and, and it didn't work, right? Obviously the, you know, uh, Wentz's knee was down, but it just shows you Peterson more often than not puts his team in position to not have to do what they did tonight, which is, you know, do everything for a win. Uh, and in the long run, that will help his team. I, I don't, I'm not concerned about Wentz. I'm not concerned about the Eagles. Uh, I think in that division, they do have a pretty, you know, uh, you know, fair, you know, uh, com- opponent in Dallas, but we really haven't seen Dallas play anybody. Uh, I-, I think the Eagles will still be the favorite in that division. I'm officially not worried. I'm just happy the Falcons aren't dead yeah. after two weeks. All right. I, I want to offer um, an apology to you, to the fans, the five of them that are out there. I thought our performance on last week's after Sunday Night Football podcast was disgraceful. I thought it was preseason worthy. I thought it was all over the place. I, I thought we rambled. It was too long. wasn't very good. So we're going to come. We're bringing our A game here. And we're going to make sure that this podcast. Well, to be fair, mon- week one of the NFL season is mostly preseason for sure. half these teams anyway. So uh, but I point, expect better of us. Point taken. And, and yeah. It was mostly we, me. We're bringing more energy tonight. It was mostly me. I was dead. But we are going to uh, bring it back to life. And one of the ways we're going to bring it back to life is we are going to structure this a little bit more. A lot of people were very mad at how unstructured it was. So um, week, week two now, we tried not to overreact to week one. But it's, week two is very close to week one. So what we did is we're going to go through five things um, that, that happened, whether they matter or not. And the first one is what? Uh, yeah. So the first one is quarterback injuries. So we already saw, you know, Gardner Minshew, the, the, the subject of our lock of the week, uh, Jacksonville plus nine got us to the window, right? We, we clearly think though that offense sputtered for the majority of the game. They scored nine points in the fourth quarter prior to that only three. So, you know, Nick Foles clearly had an effect there. It looks like Big Ben might be out several weeks with an elbow injury. You never like to see a quarterback. You hate to see it. You hate to see Athletes that throw the ball get hurt 
with their elbows or knees when they're not hit, right? That's yep. and we saw that with Big Ben. And then Drew Brees, it sounds like there's a thumb injury there. Uh, he he bowed out relatively early in that game. Teddy Bridgewater was kind of like meh in in his first extended uh, you know stay as the as the Saints quarterback. So the first one is quarterback injuries, and I think both of us will agree they. They definitely matter. They matter, yeah. Wait, okay, real quick though, if you're going to rank these three that you mentioned, which one matters most? Well, interestingly, I think it's Big Ben, and and it's mostly because I think that that division is a lot better than the NFC South will end up being. Interesting. The reason you think that is because you like Teddy Bridgewater. No. And I'm here to tell you that he is terrible, and that it is a huge deal for the Saints. Sure, absolutely. That Drew Brees is out. They are destroyed without him. Teddy Bridgewater is bad. Taysom Hill probably should be playing quarterback. Mason Rudolph. This is a place where we fundamentally disagree. I mean, he's bad. Did you watch the game? He's I, terrible. I terrible. He's I, he's horrid. I well, we we probably need to make fluttering so, throws that are still twirling this up in is, the air. This is this is this is probably a subject Looks for like the, he's third, when he the Thursday well. podcast. But we're gonna we're gonna come up with a wager that I think is fair at yeah. some point about the the fate of the Saints without Bridgewater. Number of games that Teddy can surpass one hundred passing yards. Once we once we know the full scope of how long Bridgewater's playing and everything, you and I will place a wager. I'm not saying that he played well. I'm not saying he's a top half of the league starting quarterback. I'm not saying any of those things. What I'm saying here is I think when you look at the AFC North, you see, you have a team in Baltimore who's already two and zero. Granted, they haven't even played anybody yet. They're, but they have a good defense. They have a quarterback who, they, that, whose environment is clearly being built for him. You have the Browns who, you know, subject to tomorrow night, will probably be in the mix. And you have a Bengals team that, despite being drilled by your 49ers this weekend, I don't think they're a cupcake either. Well, it's because th- the 49ers are great. The 49ers are great. Uh, and so I think, I think the Steelers being 0-2 right now and in that division – I think the Big Ben loss is is far bigger than the Saints, who are one and one, who have a pretty good and talented defense and a bunch of good skill position players and a great coach. I in an in an NFC South where the best team right now is one and one. I think that that I think that's my more my point than Bridgewater over Rudolph. Okay. Well, the Saints aren't beating the Falcons with Teddy Bridgewater. I'll tell you. I'm that. sorry. The Falcon, the Falcons are more than capable of beating themselves, no matter who the quarterback right, is. On the if other you side. see a Teddy Bridgewater bandwagon rolling down the street in your city, I'm the only you one. Know, you I'm know, know who's the only, I'm the only one in it. Uh, driver of that Teddy Bridgewater Island inhabitants. Okay, Uno. So, so you're saying you're saying the Breeze one? I get it because Breeze is a better quarterback. Than well, and also they're actually a Super Bowl contender. The Steelers were very good. I thought to be in the year, I thought they were better than most people, but they weren't. In that top four of sure. teams that you thought would make the Their Super Bowl. Their fall is bigger. And now all of a sudden they are nowhere near it. Yeah. Next thing, the Dolphins going in the tank. They are, they're certainly tanking, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, does this – Here's the, the, here's the was the guy who tweeted out saying, hey, thanks for supporting us during all this. And it's like, all what? <laughs> <laughs> like it's been a tumultuous two weeks. Um, does this matter though, yes or no? Well, I think it does. So – there are always going to there are these situations that present themselves in sports like this that are singular, right? So you look at like our historical data of uh, of spreads, mm-hmm. and there are like there are like these teams that produce these outliers. The 07 Patriots being like seventeen point favorites or more, like uh-huh. in half their games, right? It just presents a challenge because you're going to fade that pick almost all the time, and and 
who knows, right? Like th- there's a different set of circumstances when there's just an outlier situation here. The Dolphins are going to be multiple touchdown underdogs in a lot of their games again this week, probably against Dallas. And, you know, everybody's talking about, are you even a sharp if you're not on the Dolphins this week, et cetera, et cetera. And I think like it, the fact that the Dolphins may not be trying to win, it presents a, a, a circumstance that matters if you're, if you're in our, you know, situation. What? Yeah, I, the, I actually, that's a really good point that I didn't think about, which is the, you, you like to see these huge spreads because yeah. it, it helps you learn some things. Um, I also think it probably matters because the, there are a few lucky teams that get to play them and yeah. they basically get a week off. And that's the real argument for tanking or against tanking is that you just get a free win and some other team actually has to battle through. And yeah. I should mention you're playing hurt here. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I actually picked this tab. You were attacked by. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say that you were attacked no, by someone outside. Good. But no, but that's <laughs> a good point. And, and the fact that the Dolphins were, you think about this, the Dolphins were a second place team in their division last year. Incredible. So they get a second place. Down. It's only two games. But at the same time, like, you're absolutely right. The teams that get to play the Dolphins are getting, uh, you know, a, a little bit of an advantage over the teams that don't get to play the Dolphins. And again, I just don't know. Like, we don't have. Like there's going to be a game where an average team has a double digit favorite against mm-hmm. the Dolphins, and we've just never seen that in our data. And and it's going to be, I think, uh, going to be interesting. Something to learn from. Um, I was going to say, how many times does Josh Rosen play this year? By the way, he should be playing the whole. Right, right, right. But how many times are, is he going to be a I backup be, quarterback? I'd be surprised if we don't see him next week. Okay, is I he going to be a backup quarterback who's not a holder who plays all sixteen games? <laughs> we'll find out. Um, Wow, I had something to say, and it just totally escaped me. So we're going to move on. Um, Demarcus Robinson goes for over 170 yards. Tyreek Hill is missing in Kansas City, and yet they were able to beat – they were able to play one quarter and beat the Raiders, right? They only scored in one quarter. Imagine if you had the over in that game, and they don't score a single point in the second half. You're watching the second quarter. So you watch the first quarter, you're in panic. Right. What is happening? You watch the second quarter, your pants are off. Yeah. And you're having you you know you're euphoric, and then all of a sudden you know, John Gruden. Well, like, imagine well, if you this. had imagine if you enough had, of this. I've seen enough. Imagine if you had so Oakland was plus nine early in the week, and it got all bet down all the way to six and a half. I saw this morning. Imagine if you had the Oakland side first quarter loving it, second quarter hating it, and then if you told somebody at halftime, look. <laughs> if the the Chiefs aren't going to score again, you're like, oh, the back door is wide open here, and they yeah. still don't they they don't score in the second half. They don't score in the last three quarters against the Chiefs defense. So you think this matters, and I want you to explain your reasoning. So Demarcus Robinson came to play today, and I and, and he was great. But the the thing about it is, to me, what matters is that the Chiefs over and over and over again have found ways to perform offensively mm-hmm. without players. They don't have to play the same cards every week. You know, Travis Kelsey doesn't have to have a big game for the Chiefs offense to do well. That had that was the case a lot of times with Alex Smith being the quarterback. Sammy Watkins last week was amazing. He had under 50 yards today. Demarcus Robinson picks up. So the question is, is I think it matters in the sense that like we've seen repeatedly that the Chiefs can, in a very diverse way, come up with a way to produce offense. And I think that that matters because they are now that the saints are out of the picture, they're a what top three team to make the super bowl, even a top mm-hmm. two. If you, you know that them in new England with the NFC being kind of down. And I think that matters. Okay. Counterpoint. It was the Raiders and it doesn't matter. 
So I agree with you to a certain extent. But think about this. The the Chiefs to make that leap, it doesn't matter if they beat the Raiders because they're not going to be playing the Raiders. They have to beat the Patriots. And to me, Tyreek Hill, look, Bill Belichick is not worried about Demarcus Robinson. He is going to put one of his fourth best cornerback on him and he will be locked down. The fourth best cornerback on the Patriots is two years from now going to get a huge deal from the Raiders because they have no one playing cornerback. So while I think it is indicative of how great Andy Reid is and how great that whole offense is, to me it doesn't matter because we already knew they were going to do this to these teams. So I think it's a really good point, and it speaks to Andy Reid's brilliance. But um, In the the AFC title game last year, Kelsey and Hill mostly shut down. Watkins, Damian Williams, brilliant. So, And granted, it did take them a whole half a game to play. But they have to pay attention to Tyreek Hill, right? Sure. Like, you're not going to pay the same amount of attention to Demarcus Robinson, and you can probably get away with it. The Raiders but I, are but, disaster. But what I, what I wonder, though, is can Reed make somebody <laughs> like Watkins so, you know, shine so bright that a team like the Patriots is convinced that he's the player to shut down, and then they go back back to Robinson. Mecole Hardman had a touchdown today. I, that's my my whole point is that Reed can make Reed can produce he, a Tyreek Hill. He this, can produce a Sam yes, Watkins. Maybe, but this game has does not, in my opinion, that's provide fair. proof because it's the Raiders. Okay, what about the Packers, Niners, Bills, Seahawks, and Cowboys are all two and zero? Does that matter? It does not, unfortunately. Which one of these teams are such that it matters the most, and which one of these teams are such that it matters the least? Uh, I think from our perspective, the and probably the public's perspective, it matters the most that the Packers and the Cowboys are 2-0. Mm-hmm. Because that means that for the next seven weeks, you're only going to see Packers and Cowboys games on in the afternoon uh, and or primetime. And, um, and that matters a little bit. It also matters because that means that all of a sudden the public is going to get back excited about the Packers and the Cowboys. And we'll probably see some more of you know, these, these public favored lines for those two teams. I think we're going to see it this week. We already Cowboys. saw it, yeah. Um, and for the 49ers, Bills, and Seahawks, I think both all three of those teams are fraudulent at 2-0. The 49ers got lucky in week one playing Jameis Winston. The Bills, I mean, they've played the two worst teams besides themselves and the Dolphins so far. And then the Seahawks got very lucky to beat the Bengals. And then yeah. <laughs> Big Ben gets hurt. I mean, I think on the statue, Seahawks should have lost by at least a touchdown to, to Cincinnati uh, at home. And then they, I do think, though, that they – I mean, they – they played pretty well at times today. I have to go back. Yeah. I was watching that game mostly live because Greenline liked the Seahawks. And so I, I was looking at, along at that. And I do think offensively, Seattle can do some things. Mm-hmm. And then that's encouraging. Defensively, I agree. I think they're kind of a fraud. I, I think the 49ers, though, offensively can play with anybody. Don't do this to me. We're moving on. Okay. The Colts are competitive. We're going to get out of this one quickly. Are they competitive? Yes or no? Yeah. I think going on the road against two teams that will be in the hunt in the AFC, regardless of what we think about Tennessee. And, and we got a lot of flack this week for saying Tennessee rose a lot and that we needed to see more of Mariota, though. Right. Like, so we, we were positive in the negative. Stunned by that. The, the Titans fans uh, were very upset that we thought Mar- Mariota needed to improve. And of course, today he laid an egg. So yeah. I think I, the Colts being competitive matters, though. I don't think they're competitive. Okay. I don't think. Uh... I don't think being one-on-one and having beaten a Titans team that... But taking the Chargers, granted the Chargers just lost to the Detroit Lions, but taking the Chargers to overtime on the road, 
I think matters. I think being competitive in that game. The fact is, is they win that game sort if their kicker the can make a kick. Sort of on the road. Ooh, poor Adam Vinatieri. Yeah, he right. Those were our five things that uh, we apparently disagree on whether they matter or not, which is what we like to do. Um, the one thing that we we're going to laugh ready. about, the one thing that we we're going to laugh about at the end of the season, and the winner for this week is. I think it's got to be Derek Carr's week one performance. <laughs> it absolutely I, has to I be. I think, like, people edging out about Derek Carr, like... It has to be. Having, like... And he was great, right? He was amazing in week one. Yep. Denver's defense is no joke. We saw today against the Bears. They played a pretty solid performance. Um, but I, I got to think it has to be Derek Carr's week one. We saw another quarter of it in week two. And then eventually they didn't score for three straight quarters against the Chiefs defense that is not making not anybody uh, forget about the O2 Bucks. Nope. All right, that was our uh, that was our segmented intro, and now we're going to get on to uh, the picks. I should remind everyone though that um, we talked about this with the lock of the week. Whenever we hit the lock of the week, we're going to donate. And uh, Gardner Minshew took it to the house. We knew we knew that we could count on Gardner Minshew because. A mustache like that just well, has to come through. When we, deli- when we deliberated about it, though, it was about, I mean, people say, like, you know, unfortunately, this has, like, become cliche and stupid, but, like, you bet numbers, not teams, right? Like, the number was just simply too it's much. Too high. Yeah. And, and, and as much as Gardner Minshew struggled today, it wasn't, like... Well, the Jags struggled offensively pretty greatly, yeah. in large part because they kept giving the ball to Leonard Fournette, who has the elusiveness and, of the door over there. And they committed a lot of penalties. We saw like numerous times where they would make a big play and it get called back for his offensive pass interference yep. or holding, uh, so on and so forth. And it took Minshew forever. Like he was not great. He fumbled a lot on you know, he took a lot of sacks. He fumbled yeah, a the lot. O line was the O line was terrible. Great. But but what did we say the other day on the podcast? It was less about Minshew and more about the things that Houston does that are not good, right? Mm-hmm. They don't protect their quarterback very nope. well. Watson does not hang on to the ball in the pocket particularly well. Watson well, puts, he, he does hang on to it forever. But he fumbles a decent amount. Yep. He throws a decent amount of turnover-worthy plays for a quarterback as good as he is. And it, with A.J. Bouye out, it was a little bit difficult, but we did say Jalen Ramsey is one of the best young corners and in the NFL. he should have had a pick six. And he, he, he played, played very well. He played very well. And all those things came to fruition. We ended up getting a cover. We're we almost We almost got the, uh, the, the, uh, the straight-up win. I mean, we, we, you nicknamed him uh, Laramie Turnstile. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think he got injured in this game. But really, Deshaun Watson's issue is that he's continually under pressure. He was under pressure more often than he was kept clean. 19 yep. plays under pressure, 16 plays without. And when he was under pressure, he was sacked four times. And when he threw the ball, he averaged 2.8 yards per attempt. You are not going to win games like that. So as great as Deshaun Watson is, yeah. that is just not going to be a method uh, by which they will win football games. Gardner Minshew was gutsy. He had heart, grit. Everything. Doug Marone as well. It was funny. The one time Bill O'Brien went for a fourth and one, or it was about to screw us. He was going to screw us over, but they pulled it out uh, as nine point underdogs. And so for that, uh, I will be donating um, to Children's Cancer Cancer Research. I'll tweet it out so you guys can donate as well. Um, we're going to do this tomorrow. I've set a reminder. International so. Justice Mission for me, Josh Allen, first round pick out of Kentucky. He's been great. Six pressures in the game. Uh, very good job. So. Uh, Jacksonville defense took us took us back to 2017. All right, you ready to get into week three? Let's yep. start with Tennessee at Jacksonville. You said this line would be what? I said it would be Jacksonville plus three and a half. Wow, was my guess. 
prior to the week. So yes, yeah, so prior we, to the games happening. So we guessed these all prior to the games happening. Um, I said it would be a pick. So you must have had better foresight because obviously going into the noon games, right? Tennessee had just come off an impressive right. victory. So both of us are baking in kind of what we think will happen in these games, right? And I thought Tennessee would have a better showing against Indy. I thought, I actually thought Jacksonville was going to struggle a little bit more than they did. And so we see this overreaction here on, you know, we see the number here. Jacksonville is only one and a half point underdogs. And however, it's juiced a little bit towards Tennessee. So it's kind of like a minus two here yeah. in Tennessee. Um, we get this annual, this game is played every single year on Thursday night, but we get Tennessee at Jacksonville. Um, I think this is a little short in Tennessee's favor, frankly. So we go from, we go from backing Jaguars plus nine to thinking plus one and a half is too, too small. I, I can't possibly be asked to bet on Marcus Mariota on the road. I'm just going to throw that out there. I, I just don't think he's very good. I don't think that offense is very good. Um, it's going to be really hot and humid, I'm guessing, because it's Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gardner yeah. Minshew is the back at home getting points. Jesus. Disagree with me. Uh, I, I can't. I, I can't, no. Oh, here's can't. A, here's the question. The total at 40, that seems th- – this is going to test green line, right? Because a 40 is normally in the NFL today an automatic over. over yeah. But – I do think the fundamentals of these two teams, the Titans slow the game down. Yep. They don't have a very good quarterback. It's Sorry. Thursday night. It's Thursday night game. Brutal. Remember, Thursday night games generally favor, although we haven't seen this, both both games so far has been under and dog on right. Thursday night football. Underdog. Gen- generally speaking, it's at least, it's more tilted toward the favorite. As you said here, I don't think there's really a favorite in this game. So it'll be interesting to see the, the where this total goes. I could see it going into the 30s here. Just after this week's games. Marcus Mariota, clean pocket wizard. 90 passer rating from a clean pocket, 4.6 yards. Which is per bad, attempt. actually. That is terrible. A 90, a 90 pass, this isn't 1987. A 90 pass rating is below the league average overall. Yes. So it's, it's, it's well horrible bo- from a it's clean horrible pocket. From you a should clean be in pocket. the hundreds on a clean pocket. This isn't 1987. Your competition is not Dave Craig. All right. Next one. Um, so I, I seem to think that Jacksonville is, the ni- is a nice pick there. We'll see. Um, I also just think Gardner Minshew is a legend. Since he at Buffalo, um, I, before this, uh, this week happened, thought it would be Buffalo minus two and a half. And I think I was a little strong. You and I had the same guess. I had Buffalo at minus two and a half as well. It looks like... Wow. Bills, five and a half. Yeah. So, so clearly people... Are buying into the Bills. Well, no, I think it's a sell on Cincinnati. So people going into the season thought the Bengals were gonna be were gonna be cheeks, right? Mm-hmm. They they play they play extremely well against Seattle in a loss. Uh-huh. People come back the next week and say, Oh, I know San Francisco won against Tampa, but the sharp side is Cincinnati here, right? Right, right. right. Cincinnati gets drilled at home by the Niners, who you don't think are very good, despite them being your favorite team. And now people are like, no, no, no. Our preseason projection of the of the Bengals was actually the right one. So then you look at Buffalo, and Buffalo has essentially held, held serve for the last two weeks, right? Yep. And so people, I think, I think if you look at this, you subtract the three points for being home field. I think Buffalo is two and a half points better than Cincinnati at this point, just with a defense and like Josh Allen's playing better than than we all had anticipated. Granted, against two bad teams. Yeah. I 
I mean, obviously, this was before the Bills played this yeah. week, and they played the Giants, who are not very garbage. Good. Um, so if I if I were doing this after, I probably would go three and a half. But to me, it's like two and a half is basically home field. You know, home field doesn't mean as much as it yeah. used to. So that's where I went there. Um, I think five. That's exactly and, my handicap. I think five and a half is too much, though. Yeah. I, well, and not only that, but it's five and a half minus one fifteen. You might be able to pick up a Bengals at plus six. Yeah. You know, midweek. Oh, I think for sure. People hate the Bengals. People love our. I mean, Josh Allen's strong arm. You can't not love it. Yeah. He had a one thirty one rating from a clean pocket, eleven yards per attempt. So I mean, look, they played in the Meadowlands two weeks in a row. Yeah. They beat a couple of really bad teams that happened to play in the Meadowlands. Well, and, and here, uh, here's something I, I'm I'm happy to say that so far we really haven't like Greenline hasn't really we haven't really gone and faded the Bills yet. But I can foresee a situation that if Josh Allen continues to to win football games, where we're going to be on the other side of the Bills yep. because the fundamentals are there, good defense. I mean, he bad quarterback playing better than sure. He did grade very well in this game. Yeah, so so maybe I mean, and this is something where if Josh Allen plays well, we're going to have to take an L because we did not say that Josh Allen would be good in the NFL. I've always liked Josh Allen. Stop. <laughs> okay, what's uh, the next game? The next game is uh, Detroit at. Philadelphia, um, what'd you have this game at? I put Philadelphia as eight and a half point favorites going wow. into the Nooners. All right, I had them as a six point favorite, um, and they—I don't know if the line is going to be up yet because of the Sunday night game. So, so it's probably going to be seven. Uh, no, it's probably well. Honestly, it's closer to your number because Detroit battled today. Detroit battled, and, and Philly. So here's why I said six instead of seven. Philly in that game against Washington should have given up another touchdown. Yeah. It should have been a much closer game. Uh, Keenan missed McLaurin on a deep one. Um, I just didn't think their coverage was that great. No. And that's what we saw in this game, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Ronald Darby got absolutely wrecked up and down the field. So that's why I said six. I could see it being six and a half, seven. I think they're going to, I think they're going to, I think they're going to put out six and a half and set and see then, and then enti- try to entice people to bet on the favorite here. This early in the season, right? As we're finding out, dogs, right? Yep. This early in the season, the 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 Joes are betting on, on favorites, and they're laying those points. And I think that they're going to want to entice them into doing it by by laying six and a half here. The the Eagles got super banged up in that game. Carson Wentz probably has a cracked rib. Josh McCown played a few snaps. I mean, people, he was out there dealing. People frankly. were melting yeah. when that happened, and and Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey being out. So those are things that are fairly important. Jason Peters actually got injured at the end of the game too. A lot of things that could potentially not be there for the Eagles Very that much. would make Detroit is if it gets to Look, seven, Detroit's Detroit's undefeated. So if, if it gets to seven, <laughs> no, I mean Detroit, like if it gets to seven, seven and a half, this is a buying of Detroit. Honest. Cause I think, cause right? other than, I mean, other than Patricia and the fact that he's unproven as a coach, right? So mm-hmm. far, like what oh, is, I see, uh, on, um, uh, let's see. Where is this book? CG Technology has it seven and a half. William Hill has it eight. Uh, okay. One other place has it seven. So I mean, at seven and a half, I'm taking Detroit in the points because yeah, I'll be interested to see if that actually sticks. This is on VegasInsider.com. Okay. Yeah. So I I'm taking because uh, here's the thing. Detroit. By the way, real quick, how many people are going to make fun of the fact that I'm drinking a well, naturally not, essence LaCroix? And, and not a, uh, a and you're And you're bleeding. Yeah. I've, <laughs> At least we're bringing our A game here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, so Detroit. Let's, let's move on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But Detroit, I think Detroit's I'm better than I'm very excited think. about this next yeah. game. 
Uh, Jets at the New England Football Patriots. What did you think this line would be? Well, well, it's still somewhat unknown because we haven't seen the Jets play this week, but I, I put it at 14 and a half. <laughs> 21. Trevor Simeon and the New York Jets in New England. The New England Patriots are an absolute wrecking ball. Okay. They have the best defense and the best offense in the yeah, NFL. That being said, but uh, I don't disagree. I'm just the, here's the thing. Prior to the one o'clock games, they were 19 and a half point favorites on the road. Yeah, but Miami uh, so in 95 degree weather. But the okay without their right tackle. Prior to the one o'clock games, we did not know Antonio Brown was healthy and was going to be as. We good knew as, he was healthy. There are other things we don't know about Antonio Brown. Health. He looked very good for a player who has not stepped foot on a football field in a serious way. The questions about Antonio Brown have nothing to do with whether he can play football. Okay, but but I had some myself, and he okay. looked great. And and so I was not worried. That about was that. one of them. But the other thing is, I like how they is put, there's a difference. Put him in the slot on there, the first yeah, play. Just runs stop, wide stop. open. There, there there's a difference between a Jets team that's trying and a Miami team that's not trying. And that was what I put in there. I, I will agree that after this week and after the bludgeoning that we're predicting Cleveland puts Does on Trevor the Jets Simeon tonight, trying. Trevor Trevor Simeon is well, oh are we a, well no Trevor Simeon's a top what backup quarterback in the NFL I don't know top fifteen dude he's bad yeah he's a bad starter but he's a decent backup okay well right now it looks and like I, seventeen and a half well and is and is, is this the uh, is the line that is out there. Okay, so we split the difference between the two of us. Not bad. I There's no way that doesn't go up. Oh, sure. I don't disagree, but I was sort of looking at opening, and and New England played extremely well today, right? I mean, let's, you know, against air, but <laughs> let's, let's move on. Go ahead. I, it's getting to 21. There's no way. I mean, the Jets are going to – bad. Um, if it stays at 17 and a half, that's our lock of the week. Uh, Oakland is playing your Vikings in Minnesota. Stop. Um, I, to be perfectly honest with you, expected a better showing from Oakland because I did not think that the Chiefs' defense was very good. So I had the Vikings as seven-point favorites in this game, and it's going to be more than that. What did you think? I had Vikings at seven and a half. I thought I thought the Vikings would lay an egg in Green Bay, and they mostly did. Um, uh, it wasn't a total egg. I mean, they battled back a little bit. Yeah, well, their defense, uh, like Mike Zimmer, if anybody wants to challenge Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer is a very brilliant defensive mind. He adjusted. Green Bay punched them in the mouth. Yep. After he, 10, he figured it out. 10 days out, 10 days off for Green Bay, punched them in the mouth. And then after the second quarter, they didn't score again. Um, but Kirk, I mean, you take away the long touchdown run by Dalvin Cook. You take away the 60-yard catch by Chad Beebe. Dude, Kirk That was... offense was atrocious today kirk was really bad yeah dude he was brutal and really so really bad. but here's the thing you know what his pass rating was from a clean pocket zero 39.3 so you just spiking the ball would be better than that okay yep. here's the thing the, this is the type of team though that mike zimmer and kirk cousins beat up on this is like mm. cardinals last year jets last year these uh, Dolphins last year. This yeah, is not Derek Carr woefully unprepared for Mike Zimmer's defense. He's <laughs> played the Broncos, who yeah. were just like in a haze, and then uh, the Chiefs. So but it looks like we're spot on here. Vi- seven and Vikings and a half. are seven and a half. Which I, 
I would say if the Vikings are seven and a half, you take Vikings or nothing at all. Ooh. Yeah, there's no way I can be Derek Carr on the road. I gotta be gotta be real with you. Um that was a fun game to talk about. Uh <laughs> also the uh the pass interference reared its ugly head in that game, right? That that Stefan Diggs yep. touchdown. This is what Terry was talking about at the beginning of the season. He was like, look. The ways that this is going to actually yep. affect the game are People not don't. what you think. It's going to be these annoying components of pass interference that no one thinks about. And there it was. This is the game of the week. Yes, it certainly is. Baltimore at Kansas City. A rematch of really one of the better games that we watched. I think there's a lot of evidence to show that Lamar Jackson is better than the quarterback that played in that game last year. In Kansas City, we all remember the Mahomes just prayer from heaven that he connected with Tyreek Hill on. Was it fourth and like 20? Uh, 10. I mean, but it was Basically. just an amazing play. Yeah. It was insane. Um, okay, so uh, what did you have this game at? What did you think it would be? I had Kansas City minus six and a half. Ooh, I said four and a half. I th- and I, that's not where I would put it. That's where I thought it would be, I think, was what I was going with. Yeah. Because I believe that the Baltimore love is is very real. And it appears that it is six and a half, um, Kansas City. I think. I think I. I I texted a friend who you know who's oh, a Chiefs fan, friend. and I and I said you know I I don't know because that number again the Oakland kept getting bet down right, and I didn't see it. I was like you know I think I think Kansas City is gonna gonna drill uh, Oakland, so I didn't see this whole like adjustment thing right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and then baltimore was frankly like baltimore didn't cover you know today Uh, they needed 120 yards from lamar jackson all that kind of stuff and so i was a little bit underwhelmed by them even though there were obviously really positive things from that game they basically won because cliff cliff kingsbury watched an entire saturday of college football and decided to try to emulate emulate all the field goals that were being kicked real quick Ten second aside, college football is, is a disaster, disaster of a sport. I, if it, you can watch college football, you can't and actually. bet on it and enjoy no, it. You, can't. you are a sick human yeah, being, yeah, you're, you dude. Can't. These coaches have no idea what they are doing. And some people have commented in the YouTube comments that I'm arrogant. No, these college football coaches are mind dumbingly yeah. ignorant to everything that we know mathematically now in the universe. It's 2019. Pointing, pointing out. Point, and this is an aside to, to back you up because you're my friend and, and I need to. S- having the truth and telling people is not arrogance. It's trying. It, it's having the truth and telling people. I don't think you're a jerk about it. I, I don't think neither one of us are jerks about it. It's not. There's no arrogance there. But people often act that way when they're confronted with something that's different than what they believe. And then that's like one of the immediate ploys. Like, oh, you're just a jerk. You're arrogant. Well, that Pittsburgh it's coach. I mean, look, was look, awful, listen, man. if you want to kick a field goal, you're, do- you're, a, you're a 17-point underdog. You're inside the 10-yard line. You're down by a touchdown, one touchdown, and you kick a f- – and, and, of course, if you ever want it's proof that the football gods exist – the right. fact that that kicker, just, like my my six year old daughter, could have kicked the ball better kick, than that guy. Kicker looked like me on the first tee after just two unreal. years of not playing. And then golf. he and then he backs it up. He's like, "Oh, you need two scores anyway, dude." I mean, I mean, awful. that's arrogance. Anyways, that's arrogance. Kingsbury. They could have won this game. They should have if he just realized that they're thirteen point underdogs. He had, I believe, three fourth downs, either one or 
three yards to go. I mean, inside the like five. Yeah. And he managed to get a whole nine points. Which, in case you're at home and you're a college football coach and you can't do a multiplication or addition, let me help you out here. Touchdowns are worth seven. Field goals are worth three. That's less than half of seven. You're welcome. You could you could go for fourth downs in all those situations and go and be fifty fifty at them and still well, do better than break right. Even. But you can't break three. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. And who knows <laughs> if we'll ever get down here again? So we gotta get those three points. Oh my lord, it's brutal. All right. I, so if it were if it's six and a half, you have to go one side of this game. Uh. I'm going Baltimore if it's six and a half. Honestly, like I, you know, I love the Chiefs and they they cover spreads like unreal. But they're they present the same issues they presented Baltimore last year, which is or sorry Kansas City last year, which is running the football with Lamar Jackson and then also his ability to throw, which is far enhanced from mm-hmm. last season. And I just think Kansas City is just a, such a sieve sometimes defensively that it's just going to be difficult for Kansas City to get out ahead. Now, if they get out ahead 14 nothing and they stress, stress Lamar Jackson in ways that other teams so far this season haven't or even last season haven't, mm-hmm. then, then I think, you know, Kansas City might have, a, might have a shot to cover here. But I think the, there's more sample, you know, you know uh, paths, yeah, sample paths where Kansas City and Baltimore are close. In which case, I'm going to ma- you know field goal game. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with you there. The one caveat is uh, who was hurt for the Ravens? Uh, I'm blanking on the name. Yeah, I, corner right. Oh yeah, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. Yes, yes. So Anthony Avert got roasted. Uh, Brandon Carr was was pretty good, but Anthony Avert got roasted six. Uh, receptions on eight targets, 10.4 average, 107 uh, passer rating allowed by the likes of Christian Kirk and Demir Bird. So Pat Mahomes has a few more weapons, a little bit better than Kyler Murray at this point. At home, Andy Reid, if the the Ravens defense is not at full strength, I can't imagine not taking the Chiefs. Well, here here's a, here's a sneaky thing, though. Austin Ryder today was brutal at center. And Eric Fisher only played four snaps because he got hurt mm-hmm. in practice. They went with Cameron Irving, That's a good point. who actually didn't give up any pressure today, but like is generally bad. And and last year, all Baltimore really did was just play man coverage and blitz Mahomes all the time. And, and we saw the they we saw the positives and negatives from it. Should have won, and they should have won the game. game. And I think that that's probably going to be their the the situation they <laughs> they employ here. here here's a yeah, very quick. Who has improved more from last season, Lamar Jackson or Pat Mahomes? Just say one name. Lamar. Yeah. It's close, though. All right, Mahomes it, standing in the pocket now that he's hurt is 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 sort of telling. Yeah. Ah, man. If the, if the Ravens defense is, is at full strength, six and a half, though, I'm with you. Atlanta at Indy. Um, I said this would be Indy plus one. I have the same exact <laughs> line as you. Uh, what is it here? Are we going to find one? Um, hit refresh here. This is the podcasting content that you have tuned in for need. Yes. Uh, Indy minus two. Okay. Uh, come on. Well, um, which means, which means, which only means one thing. It means that we're going to be on the Falcons and the Colts are going to be two and one. And we're going to be asking 
is this the is fact how it that, happens. Is the fact that this go- is how it happens. <laughs> the one time we say we can't bat- back the Falcons, they get a little bit of luck. Carson Wentz breaks three ribs. Now they're going to come back to Indy, and Jacoby Brissett's going to have the. Uh, That's, so, so can we life. change what the lock of the week is? The lock of the week is that we are going to be on the Falcons plus two. They are going to lose outright. Yes. And next week at this time, we're going to be asking, hey, look, the, the Colts have been competitive in three games. Now, does that matter, George? Yep, exactly. That's, That's the lock of the be. week. Man. Um, darn. Well, this was this was even prior to the one o'clock game, so we we thought, okay, Indy would probably lose by three or so against yep. Tennessee, and Atlanta would have the Atlanta would keep it close, but ultimately lose against Philly, which almost happened, and and I guess Indy beating Tennessee is more impressive than Atlanta at home beating a. Uh, that doesn't make sense to me. I'll be interested to see what this looks yeah. like in the morning, right, right, um, and see if this actually sticks. I did, was not impressed with Jacoby Brissett. He threw one pass more than 20 yards downfield, and it was incomplete. His throw to, his throw to Hilton, though, was really nice for the sure. game-winning touchdown. So. True. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Frank Reich, I trust, and I think Frank Reich will, yeah. as Doug Peterson, his former associate did to Dan Quinn, will probably make more right decisions than Dan yeah. Quinn will. Um, yeah. Although, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. Dan Quinn now has some, got some positive bias. feedback. Finally. Positive he is really feedback. So, to Dan Quinn's credit, he has suffered through a lot of negative feedback on the few correct decisions he's made. And it is hard. It's yeah. is easy for us to sit in these chairs and yes. say, nope, you should be robust to it and continue. It is really hard when you are, A, not a mathematician, and B, actually making the decisions. Well, and, and the thing is, is when you're one of the 32 top people at your position yep. in your profession, uh, you know, self-preservation takes a far bigger toll on the decisions that you make than people as, like us. As it should. Well, I mean, it, it, it's, it's only natural, right? Yeah. And, and so hopefully Dan Quinn turned a page today. Hopefully the Falcons' defense turned a page today. If they are plus two. I mean. Just just beat me down now. Yeah. All right. Uh, this game I do not care to watch. Denver at Green Bay. Uh, the Packers, in my opinion, uh, I said would be six and a half point favorites. I think that is too short. I said four and a half. And it's eight and it's eight. <laughs> Just like you said earlier, the Packers being good, the Packers being a public team. The other thing that the other thing is, is Denver lost sucks <laughs> and it sucks. And to losing to Trubisky is pretty brutal. The Trubisky people being like, look, I know he sucked all game, but he made the fourth and 15 throw. So uh, he delivered it? our buddy. Um, Warren Sharp. Yeah. Uh, something like it was the. First time that a quarterback has won with like less than five yards per attempt and something else since Trubisky did it last year. The, <laughs> the, the, the Bears fans being like, look, I asked Mitch to step up and he, he did in the last seconds of the game. It's like, come on. But that loss is probably being overemphasized here in the eight and a half or eight, whatever. And Green Bay beating Minnesota by the skin of its teeth after beating Chicago by the skin of its teeth is also probably overvalued here. I mean, do you take Denver at plus eight and a half here? Or nope. plus eight? I think it's plus eight. There is a 0% chance that I will ever be sitting somewhere saying, oh, I have Joe Flacco against Aaron yeah, Rodgers yeah, on the road. Yeah. That just, Joe Flacco, not so great. Yeah. Although he did make a drive at the end of the game stop. against the Bears defense. Stop it. Actually, made two. They Please. missed the first Please one. Stop. There. Miami goes to Dallas. 
Uh, I had Dallas being 17-point favorites. I had it being 13.5 going into the week. And it is 20.5. It is. Are you even sharp if you're not betting Miami plus 20.5? I want to talk about this game. Um, Dallas obviously is going to try to win the game. Yeah. I have just no idea if Miami is trying if there's no way that there's players out there that are getting paid that need to make a paycheck that have to put you know film yeah. out there are not trying and i can't imagine that the coaching staff is actively doing things to lose the game it just happens to be that they are so bad that like they can't they them trying just doesn't matter and like all these players are playing for themselves and not the team, and so it ends up looking like they're tanking. So I have a couple things. So I think Dallas will win this game. Oh, you do? I think they'll probably cover by a. I think they'll probably cover honestly because and and for the same reason why Baltimore I think just you know opened a can on Miami in Week One. Mm-hmm. Dallas as a new offensive coordinator, they're two and zero against two crappy teams. The, all those components, Dak, etc., are going to try to prove it to the. Every single week is a prove it to the world week, right? And and much like it was for Baltimore, Lamar Jackson's good. We're going to prove it to everybody. Yep. We're going to prove it to everybody four times over. I look at the game today between Miami and New England, and not to say, And granted, I don't think that Miami played well. I also don't think New England really wanted to beat them forty three nothing. Right, well, the two of the touchdowns at the end were interception touchdowns that were random plays. Mm-hmm. Right, New, that game was an under game the whole time. New England's basically just trying. Like they were up what fourteen nothing going into halftime. I mean, this wasn't like this big blowout that it was like against Baltimore. It was Miami's ineptitude that like pushed you know New yeah. England into covering by a country mile. I don't think that's going to be the case here. I think Dallas. I mean, the, the over the total here is forty seven and a half. I think Dallas might cover that themselves. The question then becomes, like, so this game beside the point, how big of a fade candidate is Dallas after this week? Yes, I I do agree with that. Um, that being said, man, like, I'm not going to eat crow now because it's two weeks into the season, but Dak Prescott and Kellen Moore are doing some great things. And yeah. Dak Prescott was 21 for 23 on throws between the numbers. Yeah, they're doing today. great. Uh, 145 pass rating when clean. Now, the real key, in my opinion, is that these the passing concepts now are – they have some intent to them. And it's like, okay, you're going to be kept clean for this amount of time, and there's going to be a guy that you're going to hit here. And it just didn't seem like that was the case beforehand – I'm sure I am angering some people there, but their usage of play action, they are doing things that have real backing to them mathematically, which is nice to see. And Prescott, in his rookie year, did this very same thing. He stood there in the pocket and guys were open and he made the throws. Miami ain't covering anybody. Yeah. So at 20 and a half, I I don't understand how you could possibly take the Dolphins if you were forced to bet this. Well, to me, it's to me, it's a no bet situation. Well, yeah, the numbers are going to go. The numbers are going to clearly be on the Dolphins because that's how things work, and no one's going to bet. Like I'm not betting them. No, but but if you had to, uh, it's strange. But like, if I had to, if I was like a pick and pull, I'd take the Dolphins plus the points. 
even though I, 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 it's holding your, it's, it's literally Buffalo at Minnesota last year. Oh no, no, Buffalo was trying. They had a rookie quarterback. They were Buffalo got Baltimore in week one, just the same way that sure, Miami but they did. weren't tanking. I, I, right. They also won the game outright. I'm, I'm more thinking like the Dolphins losing the game by like 17 and like yeah. sort of like a limping to that. I, I was pushing back in just to be able to then say I. There is a there is a component of the Patriots that is special. Patriots are, I've made this comparison before. They remind me of Jordan and the Bulls. They want to crush you because they know that fluky things can happen. Yeah. And if you let anyone breathe for a second, stop talking about the Falcons. Okay, you might lose. I don't know that the Cowboys have that yeah, yeah. step on your throat and kill you instinct that the Patriots certainly do. 20 and a half is a lot. Yeah, it's a huge amount. It is a lot. Um, so I would take the points. Here's, the, here's the thing with Dallas, though. After Dolphins, so we like their under going into the year. I don't know how good that is anymore. After the Dolphins, they go at the Saints without the starting quarterback wow. for the Saints. They have home to, to, to the Packers, who I don't, I don't think the Packers are very good. That should be a good Then game, they though. go two Jets. Jets probably well. I don't know how long Mono is, but it's certainly Jets aren't very know, good. But I'm home home to Eagles at Giants, home to Vikings who aren't particularly I've good. I've lost you already. Not I mean, lie. we're we're talking about a pretty easy schedule. Can't here find for a loss in their schedule. Yeah. All right, let's let's move on. Uh, Giants at Bucks. Last time we spoke, the Bucks had not beaten the Carolina Panthers on the road. Uh, in fairness, it looked like Cam Newton was playing a different sport, throwing some bounce passes, mm-hmm. alley oops. Um, his his get up was about as about as solid. I like as, it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, his play though was not. It's funny. Le, uh, Cam Newton is sort of like the LeBron James. Now, bear with me here for a second. Of football, in the sense that he is by far more physically gifted than any other person yeah. that is playing the game of football, and yet, unlike LeBron James, has zero what appears to. Have zero desire to improve his game in any way, shape, or form. Off the off the field, yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay, I said, would be a uh, five and a half point favorite. Yeah, you're a lot closer than me. I said three. I figured the Giants would not play like a bunch of yellow-bellied <laughs> pigs today. Um, and that's how you know it's one hundred three. And and uh, Tampa Bay is a six and a half point favorite. Here's the thing. Oh, in this game, thing? Tampa Bay. As much as we love them. And and I don't know if preseason. I don't know if you're talking about me. That might over. be just you and Moo right now. They have not earned being a touchdown favorite against anybody. I couldn't agree more. Um, let's move on. Yep. Carolina at Arizona. I said this would be a pick. And I said Arizona would be two and a half point dogs, enticing wow. people wow, to you bet just on Carolina. Nailed it, Carolina. And I, I think it's the same thing now. I think people are gonna. I think people are gonna be like, okay, Carolina coming on. There's all these like square things going on with this. Carolina's coming off a Thursday night game. They're gonna have ten days off. Wow. Arizona's zero and two. Carolina needs this win, and this is a beatable team. Why not just give them? Why not? Why? What? What's two and a half points? Right. Let's bet Carolina here. That's what I think that this line asks. I don't disagree with you. Um... And I'm betting Arizona if if that's the case. If it's two and a half, I yeah, I would be. I mean, Kyler Murray, yeah. 
Now, now the I'm Panthers certainly. are minus 120 as well at the minus two and a half. So it's basically a three. Wow. And it's I a three. And I and I just I don't It'll see it. Man. The Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals, despite Cliff Kingsbury's desire to fire threes through the uprights, um, managed to cover. It was tenuous. They could have won that game though. Yeah, they're two and zero against they, the spread. They legitimately could have won that game in Baltimore, which is impressive. Carolina, not impressive. They have not been in, impressive. in zero way, shapes, or forms. Pittsburgh travels. Pittsburgh is zero two. If you had said, "Hey, Pittsburgh and San Francisco play week three. One team's zero and two. One team's two and zero. Stop. Uh, Mason Rudolph potentially. So I assumed, obviously, that Ben Roethlisberger would be playing in this game. Yeah. And I said that San Francisco would be a one. I don't know why I said this. A one point uh, underdog. I said I said for the very same reason for Carolina. I said Pittsburgh would be two and a half point favorites in San okay. Francisco. All right. Um, Is it up? We probably don't have it up here because we don't know the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, San Francisco is a better team um, than Arizona is, and their home field is probably a little bit better. Although, But Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh better than Carolina. Travels well, certainly. Um, they aren't anymore. Yeah, if Rudolph has to play, I mean, this is this is probably San Francisco, what, minus three and a half? Yeah, and it's one that I'm laying away. Uh, I was not – Let me let's take a look at Mason Rudolph here. Um, I was not unimpressed. No, he looked to with he, Mason Rudolph. He, I thought he made some throws. I was also not very impressed with Ben Rossberger before. Um, he, Rudolph drove okay. them on two touchdowns. Um, he you assume that game was just over, right? Yeah, and he, Mason Rudolph he made comes it in not such, and he actually put some things together. Now, if they can find a way to permanently cement Dante Moncrief onto the bench. That will help him help. tremendously because he is a disaster. Um, Mason Rudolph, 100 pass rating from a clean pocket. Um, he made some good throws, right? I mean, I don't think we're expecting him to be a guy under pressure that is making yeah. plays. And we liked him coming out of Oklahoma State. He looked very good in the NFL throws, he, research, all that kind of stuff. He can kind of he can get the deep ball down there, right? Yeah. He's not gonna. Doesn't seem like he's going to be the guy that has necessarily the Zip. he's not baker mayfield yeah. so he's not going to destroy you from 10 19 yeah but if you scheme some things open for him he can get the ball downfield juju well, had a very nice game vance mcdonald had a tremendous game and the niners are not exactly a team that can cover very well no james washington is a guy that um he obviously has a connection with i think they had the most deep touchdown passes of any uh duo in college and then deontay johnson made a nice a nice play so there is no way that I'm being suckered in to betting on my Niners. There's but, just no but way here, that's happening. The, the only comeback is today, the Niners, mm-hmm. Jimmy G. Tomorrow, the world. 126 passer rating from a clean pocket, 11.3 yards per Stop. pass. Again, he granted. He the ball to, into quadruple, quintuple coverage. It, so. it, it was against the Bengals defense, which was one of the worst in the league last yeah. year. It looks to be so again. In fairness, but, when you're in Cincinnati, sometimes you just got to throw the ball up and hope someone catches it. Speaking of threes. <laughs> All right. Next, we have the New Orleans Saints and your boy, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Tedford Bridgewater traveling to Seattle. Now, I thought, obviously, that Drew Brees would be playing this game, and I had it as a pick. Wow. I had, I had New Orleans minus three and a half in Seattle. Interesting. See, I was sort of thinking that the Saints lose a close one in L.A. Okay. Um, and Seattle's a really tough place to play. I had Seattle losing a close one in Pittsburgh. Sure. New Orleans losing a close one in L.A. 
New Orleans still sort of being power rated better, Seattle being kind of right. So New Orleans is a, was one of the best teams in our ELO system. Seattle more like ten to twelve. Sure. So I saw that disparity there, and but now now who knows? I I actually I you know now that I think about it, I probably side more towards you. Um, what do you think it is now? I think if Theo's playing, it's probably seven. No. This is amazing. I don't. I this think is Se- amazing. I think Seattle is minus three and a half now. When Teddy Bridgewater came in the game, did you just shed all of your clothes? <laughs> was it just immediately ripping them off? Well, the, did you do an Antonio Brown? You ran out of the well, house. No, like my clothes coming off was the reason I knew that he was coming in the Jesus game. It, that Christ was sort of heaven. Just can't find my pants. I don't know where they are. Yeah. Oh. Oh, look. The Saints have switched quarterbacks. How? Uh, how coincidental. It's also now one oh nine. All right. Um, we have three games left. We're going to make it through Houston. Uh, the Texans travel to the Los Angeles Clippers of Anaheim. The chargers are, uh, I said would be a four and a half point favorite. I'm with you. And we're both a little bit strong on the chargers because well, people we didn't think the, the chargers Texans. would lose to Detroit lions. Sure. But people also just love the Texans. They love the Texans. Yeah. It's and three and a half. When I, you know what it, I think what it is, is it's fantasy football, right? That's Deshaun Watson th- well, delivers every game for fantasy football. And they're a fun team to watch. They also have JJ Watt, who is well known. They are Hopkins a, is fantastic. They are a team. And we've been on this side a bunch. If you bet against the, the Texans, they are dreadful to watch because Watson Watson always has the Texans offense in a position to score. It's just, and it's just unreal. And granted, luckily today they didn't. He's nuts. Um, you have to bet on this game at three and a half. Who are you going with? Houston. The Chargers, too much Chargers stuff going too on. Too much Chargers Dude, stuff. Come on. Don't lose to Detroit. Yeah. It, you almost figure the Chargers in that spot where you just know the game is going to be super close going down to the wire and then. Charger stuff's going to happen. They let Jacoby Brissett hawk them down from behind. And granted, so, they won, but... My pushback is this. Um, the Houston Texans cannot pass protect at all. Neither can the Chargers. True, but the Chargers have a better defense. Yeah, I mean, not as good as... I mean, not as good as they once were. True, true. All right. Man, that'll be a, that gr- that'll be a, be a good game. game of the weekend. Yeah, yeah that'll thank be a God that's game. the afternoon. Um, the Sunday night game is... A very interesting one. The Los Angeles Rams, fresh off a somewhat unimpressive beatdown of a team with their backup quarterback. Second straight week. Into Cleveland. <laughs> yes, this is true. Uh, where the Browns, I believe, will be two and a half point underdogs, and that is short, I'm sure. I said the same. Well, no, you're right. Oh, really? I said Cleveland would be three and a half point underdogs, and you appear. Now, this is juice towards three, so it's really Rams minus three. But Rams oh, are minus two and a half, minus one twenty two, one twenty five. So you're you're right. Three. I, I could not cross. I could not cross three. Um, I cross three because I I think people. I think the Rams are still clearly a step. Well, this was going into the week. I did not expect the Rams yeah. to be unimpressive today, which they were. In, even in a beatdown, needing a a gift touchdown call. Uh, Aaron Donald's hurt. Um, he came back and played though, right? Oh, he did. Yeah, wow. That's but it was just Jared Goff was just Jared Goff was just not he did. That's good. right. How like he I was brutal, that? and you know, make fun of me. He, well, here's the thing with the with you know the whole quarterbacks control their pressure rate stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That play that should have been a touchdown to uh, Cameron Jordan. 
Like Goff just sits there in the pocket and has no awareness whatsoever. We and should talk about that for a second. If that play happens, it, I think it changes the game, right? Yeah. I think so. Even with Teddy. Even with Theo, yeah. Uh, the, the Rams receivers were very good. Um, the Rams pass protection was a disaster. Granted, we, we say this every single podcast, but the Saints defense is no joke. That is the recipe for disaster for the Rams. Their pass protection goes to hell. And then you've got Jared Goff making these weird plays under pressure. I, I think I think the sports books right now, and granted, they're probably right in doing so, are assuming that the Browns just absolutely bludgeon the Jets tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. And, and if they don't, if they have like a median, so let's say they beat the Jets by a touchdown and we're yeah. sweating this thing out right tomorrow night, then I think it is more like three and a half. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I, two and a half seems fine to me. You know what? I think if it's three and a half, I think I'm on the Browns. <sighs> yeah. Ah, I don't I don't hate it. I've not been impressed with Jared Goff. He 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 not. only had one incompletion from a clean pocket today, but he had eight, he had eight from a pressured pocket and as you said if the receivers did not play as well Cup, Cooks and Woods, probably the best trio in the league, if they don't make yards after the catch for him, right? Yep. It I, it's not a good offense. No, McVay still has some things to prove. Chicago, Monday night. God, we need more Chicago in primetime. Mitch Trubisky, Case Keenum, Tess, Boog, Lease. Oh, yeah, Lease. I have Washington as a this – is, this is some real shade that I'm throwing Trubisky's way. One-and-a-half point favorites. Yeah, see, I have Washington as a three-and-a-half point dog at home, <laughs> and it looks like the market has Washington – Plus four, but it is minus 115, so it's more like three and a half. Lock it up. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like, you know, Washington does it does not look like a good football team. No. But I'll tell you this much. You know who Case does? Keenum's a way better quarterback than You know Trubisky. who also doesn't look like a good yeah, football I, team? I don't the disagree. Bears, who barely beat Joe Flacco. Barely. Bear. No, Keenum, like, to me, like... Oh, you got that? Yeah. Keenum today, from a clean pocket, was 20 of 27... Two touchdowns, no interceptions. He didn't grade very well, but that offense I don't think is a complete disaster. I think Case Keenum is not a great quarterback, but he's better than Trubisky. He gives you a better chance to like score points. Chicago's defense has not been tested so far. They played a bad Green Bay offense and a bad uh, look. Mitch Trubisky can draw roughing the passer penalty with the best of them. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. 80.7 pass rating from clean pocket for young Mitchell Trubisky, who's currently in the process of putting down the planting his foot on that mm-hmm. next step, which is what you love to see. It's not it's in the air right now. It's hovering <laughs> stop above the blades of grass. That's uh, that's why it was 80.7 and not like 85. Mm-hmm. Um, 5.2 yards per attempt from a clean pocket. Just stuff of absolute wizardry here uh, was only under pressure five times. Uh, it was terrible under those. Uh, in those plays as well, completed one pass, ten plus yards downfield in his uh, seven attempts. So, um, yeah, I'm going to take the Redskins at home plus four on Monday night. Mitch, Mitch, Mitch between ten and nineteen yards this season is three, four, carry the two, uh, fourteen That's so great. far this season. That's um, tremendous. He he is like he's in command of the offense. He's, I, here's the thing: was we, watching them at, in training camp, and he jogged out there. With right, an aura, right. 
Jim, Jim McMahon said he believed in him, so I believe in him. Maserati for Taurus Mitch, but I I say this Mazda in all, Mitch. I say this in all honesty. Trubis- He's like a Miata. Trubisky, we were we were not high on Trubisky going into the season. He is worse than we thought he would be. The Mazda Miata, by the way, when I was growing up, was the car that every fifty year old uncool dude that just got divorced drove and wore crappy sunglasses in, and you were like, wow. This is a bad look, but they thought they were killing it. Mitch Trubisky. Um, I'm not going to run a victory lap, by the way. Mm-mm. They uh, have one win. They're doing exactly what we were afraid they would do, which is win games in spite of bad quarterback play. Um, that is the week three slate. Mm-hmm. Was this a better podcast than... Uh, I think so. I think we brought energy. It was a good day today, too. I mean, you know... You bled for, for us? I did. I did. I... Pick the scab. I wore a real shirt instead of a dry fit. And I wore a PFF shirt. There you go. Um, All right, guys. We'll be back on Thursday. Thank you for listening. Peace out. the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg and real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mmm, mmm. Grilled onions and a butter bagel, too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mmm. Ba-ba-ba-ba. I participate in McDonald's.